the Girl Crush Podcast. Some theme music. She has so many funny lines right up Reese's alley. I love her even more. It's underrated. I had no idea. Fell in love with her performances in the 90s. Supreme. Clearly, she has guts. Whiskey teacups, also known as Sass. Full two cups of whiskey. It's also known as like a classic. Forgot how much I love this movie. I completely agree. This is exactly what we had in mind. So on point. So on point. Hello and welcome to the Girl Crush Podcast. I'm Allie. And I'm Anne. We love Reese Witherspoon. So this season, we're watching all of her movies and ranking them. If you want to give us your thoughts, be sure to connect with us on Instagram at girlcrush underscore pod. And as always, be sure to rate and review. I, I'm literally crying. Oh, do you need a minute? No, I'm literally crying because Allie and I were just catching up for a long time before we started recording and I just miss her so much. <laughs> You're going to make me cry. Uh, I'm a baby. Uh, why does it feel okay. like it's been longer than like three weeks? Right? I know. We just saw each other <laughs> literally three weeks ago. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Uh, On today's episode, we'll be talking about Twilight, which was released in 1998. This is not the vampire movie. (laughs) There are tears rolling down my face. (laughs) This is not the vampire movie. This is what came first. Reese plays a character named Mel Ames, and in this movie, a retired cop living on the estate of two rich friends with a murky past uncovers a blackmail scheme and solves a 20-year-old mystery. You can rent this movie on Amazon Prime, and if you want to go watch this movie, now is when you should pause and go watch it, because from here on out, there will be spoilers. I feel like you don't have to. Nah. <laughs> Not worth the watch. Yeah. I don't, don't waste the rental fee. Yeah. I don't I don't think so either. If you want to see 90s Reese, there are, I can't remember, like 10 other movies you should watch instead of this one. Yes. So many other options. She's not in a lot yeah. of this movie. Right. Right. Yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by Wander and Ivy, a certified woman-owned business that sells premium single-serve organic wines. Each beautiful reusable glass bottle is a perfect 6.3-ounce pour. We love this brand and are super excited to be partnering with them. Yes, highly recommend the Red Blend. It is delicious. Oh, my and favorite. also the Rosé. I'm not a big Rosé person. Love the Wander and Ivy Rosé. Agreed. It's not too sweet. It's, it's not good. too sweet. Yes. You can check them out at wanderandivy.com or on Instagram at wanderandivy. You can use code GIRLCRUSH for 15% off. Okay, so for the movie of Twilight, dun dun dun, we give it a plot score 5.5 out of 10. (laughs) The movie opens with a private detective slash ex-cop Harry who tracked down 17-year-old runaway Mel, Reese, and her boyfriend Jeff in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Also, we get like a full view of Reese Topless here, which just shocked me. Yes. I wonder like, I mean, this is so unfortunate, but I wonder if like in the industry, if you feel pressured to just do do what's asked of you and and just do it early in your career. That'd be terrible. It's like, honey, if one boob is going to make it for you, that's unfortunate. (laughs) You know, like it's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think one boob has ever... uh, (laughs) Made a woman's career, made you or, know? Made or broke a woman's career. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're probably right. Hopefully she was fine with it. Hopefully she wanted to. I don't know. Well, I'm thinking about, like, Man in the Moon, which was her first movie. Yeah. That her butt is in that, but it's a stunt double. Right, right. I don't think it was a stunt double in this one. No, because I think we see her face with it. Yeah. It was kind of shocking, too, because, like, she's supposed to play a 17-year-old girl. Like, obviously, she was in her 20s when this was filmed. Yeah. But still, it was just, like... (gasps) Yeah, it's, like, what it's insinuating. Right. Yeah. And also, like, I just didn't realize that she'd ever done that, so I was just surprised. Is she the only one of our girl crushes who has? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Anywho. Hmm. Uh, I don't know how to transition off of the boob. (laughs) 
just going to do a hard a hard switch over. We're going to do a hard right, and I'm going to ask if you've ever been to Puerto Vallarta. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> but I would love to go. Um, I've been to Cancun. Uh, I went to Cancun. In the, I went to Cancun in the fourth grade. <laughs> Got cornrows, wore them for about a month. It's a wonder my hair didn't fall out. It hurt so bad. I, I went when I was in ninth grade, also got cornrows, <laughs> did not wear them for a month, probably more like two weeks or something. And that was like a thing to do in the two, in oh. like early 2000s. And now I'm like, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> is that, is it cultural appropriate? Like, are you supposed to do that? I don't know. I'm not sure. It probably depends who you ask. Some people like love sharing their culture and love like sharing it with people yeah or tourists and i think some would be offended by it so i don't know well i remember i had these cute little flower beads in mine oh yeah like at the ends i did not get the full head i got half i got half also okay yeah it hurt where the beads go then (laughs) just like at the top just like yeah at the top okay yeah it took forever so long it was cute though oh yeah it it was like you're right it was the thing to do like if you went to mexico you came back with those cornrows it was like a status thing yeah honestly i feel like i'm kind of still like this in the sense where like if i figure out a hairstyle that i'm like oh cute i wear that hairstyle for like at least three days (laughs) i'm like that with new clothes too i'm like love this shirt i'm gonna wear it three times this week oh me too if i find an outfit i Actually, I just did this today. If I found an outfit I liked, like, on the weekend, I'm like, oh, I wore this outfit to dinner last night. Yeah. And then I was like, this is a work-appropriate outfit. I'm going to wear it to work tomorrow. Love it. As you should. Yeah. And then I'm on, like, day three of this hairstyle. I'm like, sorry, Scott. (laughs) (laughs) I will take the braids out. (laughs) Love a good braid. It does last a while, too. It it does. It does. Have you been to an all-inclusive? Yes. Yay or nay? Yes. I am a big fan of all-inclusives. What about you? I've never been to one. Okay. I'm so curious what you would think about an all-inclusive because we were just discussing this the other day. An all-inclusive is kind of like a beached cruise. I was literally just about to say this. Yes. Okay. If you guys have not heard all of our episodes before, you know, Anna and I have talked about cruises before and I've never been on a cruise, but I don't really have that much of interest on going. No, but plug our uh, speed to cruise control Sandra Bullock episode right here, please. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Go listen to that if you haven't already. But you've gone on one cruise and you're like, meh. I went on one as a kid and one as an adult. I am very, listen, if you want to pay a couple thousand bucks for like all you can eat froyo and uh, (laughs) an on-ship ice bar, go for it. (laughs) And to gain 20 pounds, that's what you're getting. You climb 80 flights of stairs a day and you still manage to gain weight. It is a cruel (laughs) joke of a vacation. And you're, like, supposed to be in a swimsuit the whole time, too. Right, right. It's just, like, I don't don't know. I think you might like an all-inclusive. I love them. But I will also say this, like, I've gone with my family, and my parents have paid for it whenever I've gone because I was younger. And so, I mean, I don't know. Maybe if I had to pay for it myself. (laughs) We considered doing one this year for my 30th birthday in Mm -hmm. Mexico. But flights were so expensive. So we ended up staying here in Colorado and going to a resort, which was not all-inclusive. And, like, by the end of it, we are like, would it have been? cheaper to just go to Mexico but I don't know yeah yeah. I feel like for an all-inclusive to be worth it, like you have to go to a really good one because otherwise the food is going to be a little bit mediocre, kind of like a cruise because they're making, you know, mm-hmm. you don't have to pay for each one. Mm-hmm. But man, yeah, I love it. It's like four, five days of doing nothing but pool and beach and someone's bringing you drinks all day. This I love. And if you go to a like high-end one, you, you have like a butler, which feels really weird to call it a butler. It's basically like an attendant who will learn like what you like and stuff like that. So they'll stock your mini fridge and they'll help you like 
like do whatever you want to do around the resort and stuff. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I think we should go to an all-inclusive together. Yes. That sounds good. Yes. All right. But really, we're here to talk about this movie, so. We are. We are. Okay. Mel getting picked up in Mexico by Harry. Mel's parents sent Harry to get her. They kind of get into an argument because she doesn't want to leave, and Mel accidentally sets off Harry's gun, shooting him in the leg in the process. Mm -hmm. We flash forward to California two years later. Harry is living in the guest house quarters of Mel's parents' house. Jack, played by Gene Hackman, and Catherine, played by Susan Sarandon, Jack and Catherine are very wealthy. Catherine was a famous actress, kind of a has-been at this point, Mm -hmm. but there seems to be some slight sexual tension between Harry and Catherine. Jack asks Harry to deliver a package to a woman named Gloria in L.A., and when he does, nobody answers. Inside, he finds a man bleeding profusely who starts to shoot at Harry, and the man ends up dying. I don't mean to laugh, but it's very dramatic. It's like a high school play. This guy dying. It's such a, it's a very poorly acted scene. He just like, I don't know. He, he falls. It's, yeah, it's, it's like, dramatic. Ugh. Like he's like, you can't see, but I'm miming it. He's just like, <laughs> falls very dramatically like you would if you were 12 and pretending to die. The once every 20 to 50 episodes where I'm like, is video a good option for us? <laughs> Uh, the man oh. who died. The man who died was a retired cop named Lester. Harry goes to the address on his license and snoops around, finding medicine and newspaper clippings about Catherine, who was actually questioned in her ex-husband's disappearance slash death. Mm-hmm. So Jack is Catherine's second husband. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, a bunch of cops walk in and detain Harry, including an old coworker named Verna, played by Stockard Channing, who uh, plays Rizzo in Greece. Love, love that she's in this. So Verna walks in. They clearly know each other. They have a history. At the police station, we learn Harry was shot in the groin in Mexico two years ago. So this is like kind of running joke within the police department. Also TBT to Reese's cop movie, Hot Pursuit, where she is. <laughs> A cop who uh, tasered a guy on accident. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Seems to be a rumor that he got shot in the genitals, even though Harry says it was in the thigh. So people are like, (laughs) (laughs) isn't there another movie where someone gets shot in the thigh? Yes. What is it? Um, It's a Sandra Bullock movie. It's a Sandra Bullock movie. Who, Who shot? No. It's one of those old Sandra Bullock movies that we can never remember the name of, clearly. And like at the end. Not who shot Pat. I don't think so. Now it's going to bug me. One second. Let me pull up the list. Not gun shy, right? No, because uh, that's the no. one with, who do I got to kill? Oh, no. It it was the heat. She gets shot in the thigh, and she's like limping around. I think right? she got stabbed there. Oh, stabbed. Yeah. I'm thinking of like one of the old movies of Sandra Bullock's. And maybe it wasn't in the butt. Maybe it just got shot. I don't remember. This is what okay. always happens to me. Today when I was making the reel for Penelope, uh-huh. I was like... <laughs> What scenes have our girl crushes been in in women's bathrooms, public bathrooms? <laughs> like, what a weird thing to try to recall. That is a weird thing to recall. It's very difficult. But you thought of some. I did. I got, um, I thought of The Heat. Santa yes. Bullock and Melissa McCarthy in The Heat. I was like, they're in a public restroom. And I was like, I can't remember if they're in any others. But it's such a weird, like, yes. my brain just kind of twitches when I try to think of something like that. Well, also because we've seen so many movies now. Like, we've watched more movies in the past, like, three years than I think I watched my whole life before. Right? (laughs) So, like, what movie is there a scene in a kitchen in California? (laughs) 
This would be one. I can literally name at least three right now. It's crazy. It's very weird. Anyway, why can I remember that and I can't remember where I parked in the Target parking lot? I cannot tell you. (laughs) Relatable. Captain Philip, not Captain Phillips, but Captain Phil, and (laughs) Verna question Harry about why he was at the guy Lester's apartment after he'd just been murdered. They don't think that Harry did it, but they're suspicious of the Mm -hmm. circumstances. Harry tells Catherine, the famous actress, about Lester being killed. She's like, don't know him. They make out to old-timey movie music and then sleep together. And Catherine runs back to the house when Jack pages over an intercom that he can't breathe. Turns out that Jack has had a heart attack. Catherine does CPR. When he comes to, he realizes that she's wearing Harry's shirt and knows they slept together, which is like, oh, can you imagine? Oh, my God. You literally just died and you wake up and your wife has just cheated on you. It's terrible. Oh, it's terrible. Gloria, who is the woman that Harry was originally trying to deliver a package to or letter to for Jack, ends up calling Harry. They agree to meet at Santa Monica Pier in an hour so he can deliver the package. He brings a gun this time. Turns out Gloria is played by Marco Martindale. Oh, we love her. Whose birthday is today, by the way. Yes. The day that we're recording, which was not done on purpose. We love this woman she's so cool she's if you don't know her look her up you probably will recognize her she's been in so many things she's in the americans which is the best way i know her she's awesome in that and she's also been in movies with all three of our girl crushes she has i feel like she's like the older version of judy greer in that she's like ooh, the best supporting ooh. character but I yes. would lo- I'd love to see both of them in a leading role. Oh, me too. Totally I agree. I don't know if Judy Greer was in a leading role in like one of the more recent Halloween movies or something. Some scary movie I wouldn't watch, but I thought she was. She maybe. was in that. Yeah. 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 Anyway, Margot Martindale is wearing leopard print, this fake blonde hair. It's great. It's great. Jeff then arrives and holds a gun at Harry and punches him. Remember, Jeff is Reese's boyfriend who was with her when she was in Mexico. Yes. Jeff has been in prison after taking Mel to Mexico for transporting a minor across the border. He says the money in the package is just a down payment on what he's owed because he feels Mm -hmm. like he's been slighted by Harry and by the Ames family in general. Harry goes to talk to another retired cop, Raymond, played by James Garner from The Notebook. Ugh. And he wants to talk to him about Jack and about Lester. Lester was the cop who investigated the death of Catherine's husband 20 years ago. At the time, it was ruled a suicide, though the body was never found. Mm. Jack, having returned from the hospital from his heart attack, asks Harry how long he and Catherine had been sleeping together and said if he had any decency, he'd have left his house by now, which, like, I agree with. Jack is literally letting you live with him. Yeah. Are you kidding? Like, how are you still here? (laughs) Yeah. Mel Reese tells Harry how Jeff came to her with no money and no job, and she gave him the keys to their ranch house, which is this, like, different property that Mm -hmm. the Ames family owns. In the middle of nowhere. Yeah. He goes to the abandoned house and notices someone has been digging up lots of holes around the property looking for something. And Jeff has clearly been staying there. There's, like, fast food Mm -hmm. wrappers and stuff like that. Harry goes to a nearby restaurant and finds Jeff eating a bunch of wings and hands him the money envelope and then stuffs his face in the wings. (laughs) Do you like wings? Love them. I know the answer. Do you have a favorite place to get wings from? Not out here. I know you guys love Wingstop. Mm -hmm. I'm always, like, so thirsty after having Wingstop. I don't feel like I can eat Wingstop anymore. It's It's pretty salty. Yeah. 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 This is going to be a fun fact for you. I don't think you know this. I was like a boneless wing person forever until I met Kale. What? Because (laughs) Kale is a bone-in advocate. (laughs) He is. And 
Kale is who really, like, turned me on to eating <laughs> moon and wings. He's going to be so excited to hear this. This is like an Easter egg for Kale when he's editing. <laughs> I know I'm going to get a text so from him excited. in a few yep. days. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Wow, that's amazing. I love that. Yes. I don't have a favorite wing place here, though, okay, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, we do like Wingstop a lot for just like really quick fast food wings. By the way, they're putting one in literally two blocks from us. <laughs> so Goodbye, we're just like, money. Ah. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. But like we've been all about D'Agostino's, which is a mm-hmm. like a pizza and wing place up here in Chicago. I don't know if you went before, if you've ever gone there before. I have been there, yeah. discovered their wings kind of recently and they're so good. Is your current closest Wingstop the one by your old apartment? Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's kind of far. Yeah, so we wouldn't walk there, you know. Yeah, yeah. Ideally. I mean, I'm not going to walk that far for Wingstop. Yeah. (laughs) If I'm walking that far, I'll get something good. (laughs) Fair. Yes, true. (sighs) Harry learns that Gloria is Jeff's parole officer, which is kind of funny. Mm -hmm. And they have collectively hatched this plan to blackmail Jack and Catherine for money. They talk to Lester about the Billy Sullivan case. Billy Sullivan was Catherine's ex-husband who Mm -hmm. supposedly committed suicide. And Lester, who's the cop who just died, was convinced that the body was buried at the ranch house, hence why Jeff has been staying there digging around on the property. Mm -hmm. They wanted to convince Jack that they knew where it was. Mm -hmm. So they essentially wanted to say, we know that Billy Sullivan's body is on your property. Someone knocks at the door and we just see a gun sticking through. Jeff ends up dying and Gloria is shot and she also ends up dying. So no more Jeff and Gloria. Verna, who is Stalker Channing, comes to the scene, says no one's going to believe that Harry did not kill these people. Right. So Harry begs her to let him go so he can find whoever did it. In response, Verna flushes the toilet and says, hear that? That's the sound of my career if I let you go. But he convinces her. He flushes the toilet once more as he walks out. It's like the dumbest dialogue. Right. Harry goes back to dig at the ranch house. He ends up finding bones, and the skull he finds has a bullet in it, which feels like... I mean, there's a lot of dirt in this place. Yeah, yeah. And as someone who just dug in the dirt for like 16 hours this week and looking for sprinkler hose lines, I feel like it was (laughs) dumb luck that this man found a skull with a bullet in it. Let me tell you. (laughs) Oh, you haven't dug up any bones yet? Actually. (laughs) Actually, there was this old compost bin on our property in the back, and it Uh like didn't have the right parts to it to actually function as a compost bin and also the previous owners had filled it with like logs <laughs> I was like uh these former owners of my house if you're listening I would love to chat with you but they they had filled it with logs and it was just kind of an eyesore so Scott ended up taking this stuff out of it so we could just like get rid of it entirely and he like calls me over and there were bones in there and we <gasps> hope that they were chicken probably i was gonna say probably yeah, yeah yeah but they looked a little big to be chicken so like I, steak like no like it was like a bone so i don't know if it was like rabbit or cat oh no i don't know i feel like i've told you about the skull ring that fell from the sky in our basement yes so we just, like, have concerns about, <laughs> maybe we should have someone come, like, sage the house. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you might need to. Might need to. <laughs> Harry tells Jack they found Billy Sullivan's remains. Bit of 
have a presumption, right? Like, who knows whose body this is, but sure. Right. And Jack tells the story of how he and Catherine fell in love while she was still married to Billy. And Billy found out about it, confronted Jack, and Jack threw Billy in the pool. And Jack thinks that's what killed him. At this point, Mm -hmm. Harry's not told him that there was a bullet hole. Harry now reveals, though, he saw the body that had a bullet hole, and Harry implies that someone else must have been the one who actually shot Billy. Dun, dun, dun. Which, like, poor Jack has been living with this guilt his whole life, thinking that he killed this guy. hmm Right? But he actually didn't. Yeah. Harry confronts Catherine at this point, asks if she killed both Lester and Billy. She denies both, and then just, like, rages, breaking stuff around the room. Yeah. And then you're just, I guess it just makes you think that she did it or she had some part of it because she's like raging. Right. And this is such a serious scene, but like I'm laughing out loud because she has these huge framed photographs just of her (laughs) headshots. Yes. All over this room. Can you imagine just having like large pics of just your face? No, no, I cannot. (laughs) That's kind of hysterical. Oh, that's great. Do your parents still have your like senior photo hanging in their house? So they did for a while have all of our senior photos like hung up on the mantle of the fireplace. And then they were like replaced with our wedding photos as we've gotten older. Now they're like downstairs in the basement where we like, we have like a a large family room in there. There's like Mm -hmm. a little shrine to all of us there. Oh, what about you? Yes, my parents still have our like black and white senior portraits hanging on the stairwell, <laughs> yes. and they're like kind of slowly discoloring, which makes me feel old. <laughs> Kale's house is like covered in old photos too. It's yeah, awesome. I love it. Harry goes to see Raymond, and Raymond is the other cop mm-hmm. who investigated the death of Billy Sullivan. Yeah. There's a lot of characters in this movie. Mm-hmm. Harry asks him to go fishing right then. It's like kind of late at night. He deduces that if Lester was a dirty cop and blackmailing Jack, then he thinks Lester would have lived in a nicer place than he did because he yeah. would have had the money. And he's like, like yours, because Raymond lives in a really nice place. Mm-hmm. And Raymond admits that Billy was going to be paralyzed from the fall in the empty pool, and he put him out of his misery. So Raymond is actually the one who killed Billy Sullivan. Yes. Also, by the way, the dialogue here, another point of just, like, really cheesy dialogue, sounds literally like the criminal reveal in (laughs) Scooby-Doo. If it weren't for those darn kids, I would have gotten away with it. Exactly. Raymond makes this speech about how there's a them and an us and saying, he's like, we should still go fishing. Harry is super suspicious, says, fine, he'll leave, give Raymond a head start to get away before he calls Verna and tells her about this kind of betrayal within the force. They wish each other luck, and before Harry leaves, he says, you know, I can see your reflection in the glass, because Raymond lives in this, like, all-glass apartment, Mm -hmm. essentially looking out over L.A., and Raymond waits until he's almost out of the room before shooting at him. Harry draws his weapon, fires back, kills Raymond. Big slow-mo scene here. Huge slow-mo scene. Did not uh, did not save the movie for me, though, I will have to say. <laughs> no, this would have needed multiple slow-mo scenes. It's true. Harry goes to play cards with Jack, who never doubted Catherine. He, like, mm-hmm. always believed that she was not the one who killed him, even though it seems like maybe her career potentially died because of this accusation. Yeah. Harry confronts Catherine about Raymond, saying she must have had him kill all these people, like that she was connected to Raymond and had him kill Billy yeah. and had him kill Lester. He asks her if it bothers her knowing that all these people would still be alive if it wasn't for her. And she says, my husband is still alive and that pleases me. As he walks out, she asks if he still loves her. He doesn't respond, but she whispers, I love you too. <laughs> we flash back to the current interview where Harry's being interviewed by the police. Verna says, so 
Catherine gets away with it. And then they go get a cup of coffee. They flirt. She fills him up to just check that he still has his pecker due to the (laughs) rumor about his shooting in Mexico. The end. It's such a weird movie. And we cut out a lot of stuff. Like we cut out characters we didn't even bring up because they're just not relevant and it's very confusing. Allie's the queen of movie editing. I always leave too much in. She goes back through the plot. She takes another page out of our notes. Like, who is this Ruben guy? We don't need to talk about him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just such a slow movie, and it does end up being very confusing throughout. Like, there's a bunch of, like, kind of older white guys who all have to do with being in the police force, so it's really hard to keep them all straight, and you're just kind of bored throughout. Yeah, and the way that this movie is, like, a a noir film, so there's these voiceovers from Harry throughout, which I do like. I think they add more to the story. I like that narration piece. There is this, like, detective suspenseful music throughout. Mm -hmm. But because it is noir, I feel like it is slower as a result. And so you're just kind of, like, along for the ride. And it's it's not a really compelling movie. Yeah, I found it, like, hard to be invested in really any of the characters. Like, I didn't really know who I was rooting for. Like, Mm -hmm. none of them drew me in and I, I didn't care really what happened to them. Yeah, that's fair. We mentioned all of them, but this is kind of a strong cast. Reese Witherspoon, obviously early in her career. Paul Newman, Susan Sarandon, Stalker Channing, Margot Martindale, Gene Hackman. Impressive cast. Solid actors. Yeah. Yes, yes. Probably my favorite thing about this movie is, fun fact, Paul Newman gave Susan Sarandon part of his salary after discovering that she was being paid less than he was and less than Gene Hackman was. I love that. Good for you. Why is there... I thought he was ahead of his time in that. He was. Don't you just, like, feel like... I don't know. This is not time to get into the gender wage gap. <laughs> Never mind. It's not fair. DM me for my thoughts. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Our last note here was that we were... As far as things we liked about this movie was that we were glad it was free. <laughs> we watched it for free at the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So glad. <laughs> But we were not the only ones who didn't love this movie. It was kind of a box office flop, and it has an audience score of only 30% on Rotten Tomatoes, though a critic score of 60%, which I question. No, I think that makes sense because I think it is a bit more like slow intellectual burn. You know, it's like yeah. it's like this sleepy mystery movie, small bursts of action. Yeah, a lot of times critics do like stuff that I yeah. don't love. Yeah, yeah. I did think it was just an overly complicated plot. It was yeah. really, really hard to keep track of all the characters. Yeah, like yeah, they all blended together. Even now as I recounting them I was like I don't know <laughs> yeah yeah most people are cops there's right, an actress right. I don't know. yeah yeah so for character we rated Reese's character Mel a 4.5 out of 10 she's not in a lot of this movie so Mm-mm. there's not really a chance for us to see much of her character really and the parts that we see she's just kind of like a bratty teenager like she's 17 at the first scene where you know they're in Mexico and then she does show up a couple other times throughout the movie because she's still, you know, living with her parents, which we didn't even mention because it's not really relevant to the plot. But she's, like, 19 at that time. And she just has, like, a couple little bratty lines, like, throughout the movie about Harry and her parents. Yeah, based off the first few scenes, I thought she was going to play a bigger role. But those scenes Mm -hmm. ended up being really to introduce Jeff as part of this, like, ultimate blackmailing scheme and the fable about Harry getting shot in the crotch, both of which kind of unnecessary, especially the shot in the crotch part. (laughs) Right, right. Like... Yeah, I totally agree. Right? 
Yeah, you just don't get much about her character. She's just, she's off-putting. So we rated her just on the negative side of the middle. Yeah, which, no offense, I think most teenage girls are off-putting, and I was one of them. So (laughs) (laughs) that's life. (laughs) For Reese Witherspoon's acting, we gave her a 5.5 out of 10. Definitely not one of our stronger scores for one of her Mm -mm. early movies. She is acting with Big Dogs here. This is her ninth film. At the time of watching, this was the earliest movie of hers that we had watched, and we Mm -hmm. felt like it was pretty elementary as far as her acting went. And I feel like after watching all of her 90s movies, she was just not putting out everything she had in this movie. Totally agree. Interestingly, this is the lowest acting score we've given her of her 90s movies. Mm. There just weren't any really big standout moments for me. It wasn't, like, terrible, but... If I had seen this movie at the time, like, I wouldn't have come out of it thinking, like, oh, Reese is going to be a big star. Whereas, like, her other 90s movies that we saw, I'm convinced, like, if we had seen them when they first came out, like, you could point to her and be like, ooh, she's going to be big someday. Yeah. She had two other movies come out this year, Overnight Delivery, which we just reviewed, and Pleasantville, Mm -hmm. which we have not reviewed yet, but... Her acting in both of those movies is leaps and bounds stronger than this one. I feel like this was just like, this had big names in it. And so it was a good opportunity for her. But ultimately, like, it doesn't really provide a lot, in my opinion, for her career. Maybe it did on the back end. I don't know. Sure, sure. Agreed. So for our bonus category, which is whiskey teacups this season, also known as sass, we give her a zero out of two here. She's just not sassy in this movie. She's, like we said, she's just kind of bratty, honestly. Yeah, which is different than sass. Yes, it is. That's that. (laughs) And for for Would You Watch Again, we gave this a one out of five. This is not a terrible movie. It's just slow and there's a lot of characters. If you like noir movies, I think you would like this. Just wasn't my fave. Yeah. You're right. It wasn't terrible, but I would also say it's, it wasn't good. Like, <laughs> I feel like there's other... <laughs> you're, you're always more critical than me. I'm like, it did okay. And you're like, it was bad. <laughs> I'm like, nah. I'm a terrible movie critic. I'm like, well, they tr- they tried. <laughs> I mean, so am I. The critics liked this one and I didn't. <laughs> I'm like, they tried the really real hard critic. and they spent money on this and Susan Sarandon's in it. So someone must like it. <laughs> you're right. The critics do like it. <laughs> Oh, man. But I wouldn't watch it again. <laughs> my, my, fiance, my fiance Sky's brother texted him today. Uh, our Penelope episode just came out last week. Uh-huh. And um, I think I posted like a poll on Twitter with or Twitter. Oh, my God. We don't even use Twitter. <laughs> I posted a poll on Instagram about like which one of us didn't like the movie. And at this point, spoiler alert, Allie did not like it. Yes. <laughs> And Gary texts Scott and he's like, if Anne is the one who did not like this movie, I'm going to be so upset because I love this movie. Oh, <laughs> I recently heard of somebody else who loves this movie too. It, it's like a beloved movie for some people. We've had and like, some I DMs. I saw it on Instagram too. Yes. Yeah. yeah we've had some DMs. People like, like really so love that movie. <laughs> maybe if no. I had seen it when, it when I was a kid, like and maybe <laughs> it would hold a dearer place in my heart, but sorry, was I like, hated it. Ellie was like, <laughs> terrible morals do not recommend. <laughs> Straight up hate that movie. <laughs> uh, true or false, you love Trumpet of the Swan better than Penelope. That is true. <laughs> if I had to choose one to watch again, it would be Trumpet of the Swan. That's hysterical. <laughs> Honestly, we compare so many things to Trumpet of the Swan, I kind of do want to watch it again, even though it's not good. It's objectively not good. That's how we wrap up this season. Yeah. <laughs> Just a rewatch. We're like, well, 45% of movies are better than Trumpet of the Swan, and <laughs> 55% aren't. <laughs> oh, man. 
man. So good. That would be a weird BuzzFeed quiz. And I kind of want to do it. Ooh. I like it. I'll think about I'll think about that. Yeah, yeah. I've created a couple BuzzFeed quizzes for us. Honestly, it takes a lot of effort. It's so much saving of images, but <laughs> it is. So make sure you go take them on our Instagram at girlcrush underscore pod. Go to our the link in our bio and you'll find uh, some links to our BuzzFeed quizzes there. Anyhow. So <laughs> back to this movie we're reviewing today, Twilight, the non-vampire Twilight. To review our scores, we gave the plot a 5.5 out of 10, Reese's character Mel a 4.5 out of 10, Reese's acting a 5.5 out of 10, a whiskey teacup score of a 0 out of 2, and a would you watch again score of a 1 out of 5, bringing Twilight to a total score of 16.5 out of 37 points, which means it is ranked number 38 in our rankings. Out of 41? Out of 41. What have we so, revealed behind we it? We have SFW and... We revealed SFW and The Trumpet of the Swan, which, <laughs> despite the fact that I liked it better, ranked, ranked as our number 40. <laughs> A true travesty. <laughs> so we have one more movie worse than this that we still have left to rate. Little Nikki scored just barely better than this movie. Oh, Little Nikki is ultimately my, like, Reese Witherspoon movie line, I think. Yes. <laughs> the worst of the worst for you? Yes, for me, yes. Yeah. <sighs> As always, thanks for uh, hanging out and listening to the Girl Crush podcast. <laughs> Let us know your thoughts on today's movie. You can find us on Instagram at girlcrush underscore pod or TikTok at girlcrushpod. You can also visit our website at girlcrushpodcast.com or support us at buymeacoffee.com slash girlcrushpod. Tune in next time when we'll be talking about The Good Lie. Oh, good Gonna movie. spoil it. Great. Yeah, good movie. Bye. Bye. Bye.